Hey there, After Buzzers. Welcome to The Prophet. It's time, and when it rains, it pours. Find out what I'm talking about next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey, we're, um, it's uh, Chicago here tonight, and there's a reason, that to, there's a method to our madness here. Uh, with this music, this is from Chicago After Buzzers. Welcome to the Prophet After Show. I'm Chris Howard, your host, and uh, I'm thrilled to be here with you. You can reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Howard Live. And over here to my left, we have the one, the only, the lovely Katerina Kazayas. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And yes, it was raining in today's episode. You can catch me, uh, rain or shine, on uh, social media shine. at. Katerina Kazayas. Oh, did I tell you I got it fixed? You got fixed? My Twitter. Oh. My Twitter. I thought I'm thinking right, of a cat so or something. I know, you know? some of you have okay, been following us for a while. So I had this Twitter issue where Twitter just decided to block my account. I had to get a whole new Twitter set up, had a whole new one set up. It took them three months to unlock my original account. I don't know what That's happened. That's insane. But it finally, last week, unlocked itself. So I'm not even sure what Twitter handle we're showing here, but <laughs> I do have two now. So whatever's showing, you can hit me up on that. Do you know what, Katarina Kazayas? Yes. Do you, you know what? What? At one time, years ago, they did not have Twitter problems. Oh, my God. Can yeah. we go back to that time? Like, and I think they have a new medication <laughs> for it, too. Like, if you, got, if you have Twitter problems, uh, you can find out about the medication. Uh, reach out to Katerina Kazayas. That's right. And she will help to anesthetize you or to... Uh, I know what it's yeah. like, people. I know what it's like. <laughs> so what's the Twitter handle? I didn't even so get So the that. Twitter handle... Well, now I have two. Uh, but I'd like to go back to my original Twitter, Twitter handle. Okay. Which is... At Katerina Kazayas. It makes sense. Now, if you're seeing at Kazayas Katerina, that's okay, because now I have two. Yeah, I get like um, at Cat Cause. At Cat Cause, at K. Or Kaz. Cat Kaz. At Kaz. Oh, Kaz. No, yeah, I like it. I have to talk. Oh. All right, Katerina Kazayas. That's cool. Any global stuff to gab about here as we start our... Uh... Uh, you know, globally, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, basically, the big thing that hit uh, everyone's radar this mm-hmm. week was, again, more fighting in Syria, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't want to yada, yada over that. There but was fighting in the you Middle know, East? Yeah. Uh, so yep, the U.S. Okay. and the Russia were trying to have a ceasefire. That didn't happen. Uh, really tragic, though. There was a bombing on a U.N. convoy. Um, wow. Twelve people, U.N. relief workers, were hit um, by Syria. bombings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not a great day in the world today. No. But we're happy to be here. I don't know. For any of you in Los Angeles, did you feel the earthquake last night? I feel the earth move <laughs> under my feet. I feel the sky tumbling down. No, that's a song, actually. I feel the earth. No, I did. Actually, I, did, uh, I thought feet. I, uh, I did feel, feel something, going. as a matter did of fact. Did you? I yeah, felt my something. Freaked out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very tiny, very minor. Huh. Huh. So speaking, the globe is moving. Speaking of earth-shaking moments, how about this go. episode of The Woo. Prophet here tonight? Uh, but we had uh, this the uh, Honest Food Company. Mm-hmm. The, uh, this is a catering company. And uh, Marcus, as always, is going in to turn around the tables because... Turn around the tables. That makes sense for a catering company. Uh-huh. Oh, tables, oh, very catering. nice. Yeah, just take it away. But, yay! Thank there we you go. so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. You're a beautiful audience. <laughs> ah, I'm just... 
want to continue and get that peanut butter nana sandwich my mama mama mama's man. Uh, <laughs> you, you sing it Elvis. <laughs> yeah. So uh, lemonade cool refreshing. Yeah, He's so all about the song tonight. This is, this is the catering you would, you would think it would have been a, a song episode. Oh, you would think. You would think. You would think. But So tell us more. Yes, tell us, do tell us. Uh, so uh, so we have a catering company. Their uh, profits are down. They're down by about 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, successful company that uh, has been built up by Mr. Tad what, in the Chicago area. In the Chicago Hence area. Our opening song. Well, tell me about that, uh, Katarina. Yes. So let's talk about that a little All bit. Right. Why do you think Marcus picked this company in the Chicago area? All right. So, a couple of reasons. One, Marcus is originally from Chicago, for those of you who may not know. And two, not as from the we musical, know, from the place. From the place. Yeah. Uh, and two, as we know, Marcus is a big foodie. He really has diversified into food companies. Yep. And I don't think. He had yet to put a catering company on his roster. No, yeah, exactly. So he wanted to add that because mm-hmm. he does have, uh, he's got a food company and he wants to bring these, this into, uh, what do we say? The, the supplement bigger picture. Or, yeah, sure. to build the bigger picture. And that's to complement. Once it complement, supplement, complement. I think complement is better. Right, because I could say you supplement me here on the panel, or you compliment me. <laughs> you could panel. say that it's yeah, a little so, strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll supplement you any day. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, whatever that means. But <laughs> uh, so he's bringing this uh, catering company in, and once again, uh, I have to point out that he's growing this empire, which is what I really love. This mm-hmm. is the you know, th- this is one of those things that maybe you couldn't uh, know was coming. At the beginning, maybe Marcus did, maybe he didn't. But you know, as time moves on and things evolve, after what we're uh, season four now, is it season four? It's season four. Uh, it's season four. Um, we get to see how all the interweaving parts come together with these various mm-hmm. companies that he's bringing to the table, and there's this synergistic effect that's going that's occurring. Uh, but I think there's. Uh, you know, there's an aggregate move where he's going to be uh, reaping the rewards of how all of these companies synergistically work together. Mm. You know, it's kind of like if you, you know, you have the bakery and you own the building and the monies go into purchasing the building. So there's this aggregate uh, uh Kind of a, a, it's not even kind consolidation of a, yeah, consolidation and a compounding sure. effect of all the uh-huh. benefits that each of the entities get with working with the other entities, and I think that that's really the cool part. I think we're going to see more and more of that coming out, and and in that he's creating something very unique. And the like beauty it. is that he's taking each one of those businesses and really elevating them to an A or an A plus level. Right. So across the board, you're going to have excellence that, as yeah. you said, is just going to seep in and supplement. You know, one after the other, and after the other. One after the other, after the other. Yeah, with excellence. I with love excellence, it. yes. So, uh, what were your uh, thoughts? Uh, first right. thoughts. He's first, coming in. First thoughts. Honest he's coming catering in. Company. The Honest Catering Company had a good reputation to start with. Mm-hmm. So they, um, but they, they, they focused primarily on catering uh, movies, uh, movie. Right. Um, uh, film production sets. So eighty percent of their revenue was derived from right. uh, doing like uh, doing craft. Sur- I love that we call it craft services, but mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, craft is uh, comes from a name of it's almost like a Xerox. I don't know right. if that originally okay. came from, mm-hmm. but it's called craft services everywhere in the world. I yeah. think uh, when you do uh, movie yeah. production, catering right? movie production, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, one of the first questions Mark has asked was, "How much of your revenue is coming from corporate events, corporate lunches, right. corporate?" And and he said, "Well, not a lot." 80% is coming from film production. From the film production. And Marcus sort of scratched his head because Chicago is a big financial center. Yeah, there, you would think that there would be mm-hmm. a lot of different events. Although I get being in the niche of film and how different that is because, you know, the way that you would market to film seems to me the, to be entirely different than the way that you would market to corporate events. Why? Uh, because of uh, where people would search for caterers. Mm. You know, it's going to be, a, I would imagine that. 
you know, you have to ask yourself the question, where are people going to go and seek this information out? Where's the pool of hungry fish that people are looking to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, drop their fishing line into? And for me, the film business is kind of a beast in and of itself, uh, but where, you know, there's, so, you know, where are, and whoever, whoever purchases, where are right. these producers going to purchase their craft services or find their craft services? I would think that it wouldn't be in the same mm. uh, places that businesses would. I could be wrong, right, but right. I would think that. So, you know, for me, when he said that, uh, when he was saying, we're going to go and we're going to look for business in places other than finance, because we, you know, we both get mm -hmm. that we don't want to get all of our revenue from one source. Right. That's you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. That's right. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. we understand that. But when Marcus said that, that they were going to uh, go, they were going to diversify from film, I got a little worried because I thought, mm -hmm. you know what, it, it, film seems like it's a unique beast. Um, I'm concerned that they don't know how to market to these other mm, areas. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. um, so I was concerned about that. And interestingly enough, he found a way to diversify without uh, going and looking to drum up business from corporate, right? Uh, from corporate right. America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what else? So, um, you know, one of the things that that um, I found interesting was the breakdown on the numbers. Yes. So effectively, he was making about one point three million dollars in revenue, mm -hmm. nine hundred thousand or so in expenses, right? Another three hundred thousand in cost of goods. Yes. Leaving him uh, about $100,000 at the end of the day, right. which came in off the 1.3 to about 8%. To about 8%. And what right. I found fascinating was when Marcus Net said that that, was, that that was good. Right. I, I found it low as well. Yeah. I thought, gee, that sounds a little low. But Marcus basically told them that they're on point. Yeah. I think he's saying in today's market and mm. with what's happening today, that's not bad. Um but see, I, I, yeah, it's I had a bit of an issue with that because, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're selective and you pick out a good stock that's going to make you a good return, you can right. park your money somewhere, make 8% and not have to get out of bed. Uh, excellent So point. for me to get up and do 90 hours of work per week. Katarina Kazayas will not get up I will up not get out of bed for 8%. You know, uh, you got you to <laughs> raise I call my it. friend Linda Evangelista and <laughs> she and I are going to take our $10,000 a day and just go hide. <laughs> but 8% does seem, uh, does seem it seemed low. Seemed a little low to me. It did seem low. And, uh, you know, I, although when you're... You know, and to your point, you're, there's an opportunity cost, mm. which means that your money could be better off someplace else than uh, working within your own business in mm -hmm. that case. Uh, and although sometimes you don't have any money until you make it, <laughs> and you can put it someplace right. else. <laughs> but uh, but it was interesting. I thought that was a little low, but uh, you know, who knows in the food, in the food business. And one of the things that Marcus did, which Marcus always does, which is Marcus's genius, yes, is to come in, look at the business critically, mm -hmm. and say. How can we save money? How can we be more efficient? Right. And by looking at the efficiency or lack thereof, when it came to food distribution, he basically narrowed down and figured out that the business was getting their food distributed from three or four or five or six different sources. If they consolidated that to one supplier, Got it. they could save 8 to 10%. Oh, so on the purchasing so that's, side, right. On the purchasing side. So that's right. fairly significant on a savings side yeah. for me. Now if you we can save see 8 that, to 10%, that's great. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, we see And we see that often in these episodes where he will consolidate the mm -hmm. vendors in terms of where are we going to purchase everything that we need, all the different the things that we need. Right. And he gets incredible savings from that. Right. Incredible savings. So the, there you were. We didn't get to see how that panned out, actually. We just got a prediction that it would be about 8 to 10%. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, 
Uh, what's interesting is Tad, uh, the business owner, only expected those savings to be about 2 to 3%, mm-hmm. which tells you why most business... Well, it doesn't tell you why most business owners don't think that way. They don't think that way at all. It just, you know, as he stretched his thinking there, that was all he could imagine coming from an effort like that. Yeah. Right, and he probably figured if, you know, if he was thinking 2%, wow, by the time I go through the effort... Well, I don't even think he thought all of that. it. Right, he actually yeah. didn't. I agree with you. Yeah, he I don't even think he thought of it. But um, but because, you know, the truth is, though, when you're running, I've got popcorn still in my teeth here. So I'm like, uh, this is... I, I, we I could, were munching before yeah, the show. I could be on popcorn talk, you know, because <laughs> when I talk, the popcorn comes between my teeth. It's our sister Our affiliate uh, network. network. Yeah, so in any case... Um, the what were we just about to say? We're, it was brilliant. Talking about it was brilliant. <laughs> but Mark is coming in and consolidating savings. Right. Oh, most business owners. Oh, most bon- Yeah, most bon- bon- <laughs> It's not popcorn in his no, teeth. No, that's not popcorn. We don't know what that is. I need some medication after the earthquake. <laughs> uh, but, no, but the, uh, the uh, or for my Twitter problems. For your Twitter. Yeah, the uh, yeah most business owners are so caught up in the day to day operations and just getting by that they're not thinking of where can I decrease the mm-hmm. expenses. They're so focused on where can I get the revenue coming in, mm-hmm. and and I get that, and that's understandable, you know? absolutely, especially when you're in a crash, cr- uh, cash crunch. My goodness, we're having difficulties. We have Twitter today. meds for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're in cash crunch or cash, cash crisis, cash crisis. Yeah, right. it's like you're focusing on how can I get the revenue into mm-hmm. uh, to to do this. So you're not looking at the efficiency of your processes right. so much. And hence the value that someone like Marcus can can give in coming into the business. And but Marcus liked the business. The food quality was mm. fantastic. So we have to give it to Tad and his team. Really good food. And by the looks of it, I mean, I was getting hungry watching the episode. I, I wanted the cupcakes. They looked yeah. so good. Service was pretty good. He had good people on staff. I think those were the two points that we said up front. You heard, right. you know, they they made a good mark based on their excellent service yeah, and their incredible food. food. Right. Yeah, their excellent food. So you knew that was going to be right. a... Kind of a thematic thing sure. through the show, right. right? But, but the service had dropped for and and you know they say that you should uh, Richard Branson from Virgin says you don't want to put your customers first, you want to put your employees first mm. because if you put your employees first, um, they're going to take care of your roll, customers, right? It'll yeah. roll into it. And, and another thing, an, another thing that was lacking uh, was presentation. Right at the beginning of the show. Right. Because as a catering company, yes, you're there to deliver the food, but it's also an event. In essence, that you're putting on, and I, you know, that it's a great point that Marcus made. Like mm-hmm. some of these things are kind of common sense, but sometimes common sense is not all that common. And you know, when I was in the hotel resort industry, I looked at every event that we did was an event. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had, uh, we would do a rum run where we put the sailboats out in the water, and everybody's drinking rum and toasting, and you dress as pirates, and you do it as an event. You, you know, we do a show over at the trapeze, and everybody's in costume, and it's an event. Um, I did not think of the catering as an event. Did you think of that that way before? No, I ne- yeah. I never did. And to be honest with you, I'm I, I tend to be a, a little bit of a picky person when it comes to uh, details. Right. But when I'm at a buffet, I really I mean I don't take time to notice how clearly the labels are written, right. how faded the ink is. Um, but when Marcus pointed these things out. Then it brought impact. my eye to it, and I thought, geez, you know, everything else is stellar, and yet it looks like they're cutting corners here, there, and right. there. And I thought, hmm, as you just could said be improved. That, as you just said that, you mm-hmm. took me back to, like, first-class lounges or business-class lounges mm-hmm. at uh, airports. Airports, yeah. Don't always fly first or business, but sometimes I'll pay the $50 sure, to get in the lounge. to sit in the lounge Absolutely. when I'm flying internationally, uh-huh. especially. But... Um, 
and I and going in there and seeing just the crappy display mm-hmm. sometimes of just you know the, and it is like that the cards are kind of right. worn through tilted you know, sideways tilted. they're not taking you know? very good care mm-hmm. of it and it does make an impact it makes a huge impact right. if you're looking at you're, I'm about to eat this stuff and they don't give a shit about it makes it. you wonder right absolutely right yeah. so um, so thinking about it I mean but those are what that's one of those things where it's kind of like you flip the switch in your consciousness mm-hmm. and then it's like wow I can go and apply this thing and they did and they did and they did it in a really cool way because what Marcus did was he set up an event for them so we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit did we jump we jumped because we haven't told people what um, I mean again we assume you've watched the episode if you haven't so we're going to rewind Ooh. rewind okay. um, Marcus did make an offer because yes, he, he liked the overall feel of the business. He liked the food. He liked he liked the fact that it was a catering business. He wanted to add that to his portfolio of companies. Mm-hmm. He and they had a really good reputation in the area. So mm-hmm. he said, "Yes, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make this offer." Right. And we know that one of the weaknesses that he was finding right from the beginning of the show was Tad's management as well. Mm-hmm. So what we had, did you think of Tad's management style? Actually, let me just wrap this up sure. and then I'll come back to that. Um, but the so we had weakness was Tad's management style. Okay. Weakness in presentation. We had uh, weakness in those were the really the big ones, weren't they? It wasn't the food at all. No, uh, and then there, there was the team dynamic as a result of Tad's his management style, management though, style, right. and then also the fact that they were concentrated in the film industry. So those are the weaknesses coming in. Okay, Marcus says we're going to make an offer. He says I'm going to offer you three hundred, uh, three hundred grand for thirty three percent. Let's talk about that first. We'll come back to uh, the question. You know what I found interesting, though, is that he, that number yeah. um, doesn't include um, a, a PE value. Like, basically, okay. basically, he took, he How gave he him literally, it? yeah, he literally took 33% of last year's gross revenue right. and offered on that. Got and it. typically, when you're buying a business, so she's talking about price earnings ratio, right? Uh, PE. You're, you're forecasting yeah. what the future earnings ability, you know, right. is for the company. You know, what, yeah. what's it going to look like in five years? Right. Um, so I found it interesting that he cut it just right flat. On. See, I didn't think about how he cut it. I just thought, huh, that's interesting that because usually he will give a reasoning for why he's making the offer that he mm-hmm. is, or it, it, maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just that it seems to make sense in this case. I was, you know, it's a decent size of money. It's a decent mm-hmm. amount of money. He mm-hmm. offered thirty three percent, which uh, would be what uh, for three hundred thousand. That's, uh, you know, that would be the earnings over a three year period of time. Right, three hundred thousand. Sure. sure. Um, uh, I so guess, yeah. I, I thought that he put in a little much. It it just seemed like a, a nice offer. It seemed like a nice offer. Yeah, it yeah. was a healthy offer. It, yeah, it seemed like a nice offer. I thought, wow. And I guess the reason was they didn't have any immediate needs. He had mm. 10k in the bank. It's not stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's even not great at all. But he he wasn't in a spiral downward where they were about to implode. And it was you know? a nice offer, I think, even on uh, on uh, being the receiver side, on Tad's side, mm-hmm. because again, we've seen Marcus lately coming in with fifty percent offers. Right, that's I want to yeah. take fifty percent of your business. So he was quite generous to Tad, I think. I thought so too. Yep. That's what I thought. Uh, coming in and at only thirty three percent equity. Yeah, because yeah, we haven't seen that as as, as recent. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought it, I thought it was a great offer. I thought where we were going to have problems mm-hmm. was Tad giving up control. <laughs> Because he was such a micromanager. Yeah. He seemed like he was scrabbling with that, though, when the offer was made. And Marcus said to him, can you give up this control? Right. And he, he choked on that yes. Yeah, 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 I didn't hear a yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of saw his hand uh, go out, yeah, like, can, okay, Can I, I give up to. control? What a question. Right. Yeah. But uh, so Marcus comes in. He picks up 33% of the business. 
He says, I'm in 100% control, typical markets for the first little while. And you know what? And like I, I think in the first two seasons, he wasn't as adamant about that. But mm. since he's become adamant about that, I think the show has transformed. Mm. Uh, because, you know, without that, without that 100% control, you've got problems. Uh, and and coming in as an outside consultant, I can only imagine that, and not, I'm really a consultant, an outside partner that's coming to the table, mm-hmm. um, that uh, it's a problem waiting to happen unless they were to put in some stipulation right. like that. So yeah. I'm so glad that he's being tougher about that. Now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's working in the favor of every business he's coming to. Right. How can they so. reap the benefits unless they shut their mouth? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, uh, and and I was pretty proud of Tad, actually, through the yeah. course of the episode. Right. Um, we'll get back to him, but, um, but I, I felt he evolved and, uh, and this whole process is going to be a good one for him. Going back though to, yes. uh, what Marcus did to help them with presentation. Right. So Marcus decides that, Hey, I'm going to set up an event. It was at Libertyville Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. It was going to be for a few hundred people and he was going to get the honest company to cater that event. Yes. And he said to them, because you're catering and the food is great and the service is great. Let's up the presentation and let's do something a little thematic. So he took the crew to, uh, it was like a, an auto parts store. Yeah, they went shopping you know, in the those first stores? place yeah. you think to go shopping for catering. Right. At the <laughs> auto parts store. <laughs> but, you know, you're going to cater an event at an auto dealer. And so I thought it was really cute. And he had them get creative and pick out really cool thematic things from the auto parts store. And this really worked out. To display on the display. Right. Right. So you had license plates where they put in the food so items. So instead of the food plate in front that describes right. what the food is, is a license plate now that's holding it. it right. Cool. And cool little tire tubes and things like that. So it was tire uh, tubes. Tire tubes. Okay. T- tire tubes. They, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, oh, geez, she I'm was the, asking my, me my for biological guy clock advice is going just on. before we started here. And she's talking about tube tying. Yeah, tube tying. It's a Freudian, uh, Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Yeah. I'm uh, somewhere else tonight. People. That's okay. You're right here. You're with right us. Here. Yeah. So they, they fixed the presentation. What I was impressed about was that once they had made that tweak in their, mm-hmm. in their thinking, that they were able to roll that out because he gave them the opportunity to do a few or at least right. another event. Sure. And they were able to translate that right across. Beautifully. Which means they're going to be able to do it every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you go to, um, to, to, to have an event somewhere and there's a theme of... Uh, palm trees, you know, I'd like to see some cute little palm trees on, you know, right. and that was incorporated the, into that. In essence, if you haven't watched this yet, that's mm-hmm. exactly what they were doing mm-hmm. was they were taking, uh, for example, the next one that they had an opportunity to do, they went to Camping World, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But what they did from a display standpoint was they built little wooden trees and they put cupcakes on the trees and all that type of stuff. All sorts so of things you would see if cool. you were really camping. Yes. Yeah, and they and, did a beautiful job. And if you like cupcakes, you have to watch this one because the <laughs> cupcakes were everywhere, multicolored. They were beautiful. <laughs> I really want to get some cupcakes now on the way home. I know, me too. Like, I'm like, and somebody here had out outside here at the studio had a purple cupcake when I walked in. I'm like, dang, it's whose cupcake is that? Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, so they they got the display, mm-hmm. and that you know that was pretty quick, pretty easy, quitty, quitty, pretty, pretty painless, pretty painless in terms of weaving that into what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So we had then the management issue. Mm. Um, let's talk about the management issue and how he resolved this or looked to resolve it. I think Tad, um, you know, Marcus made a point at, at, uh, of mentioning that mm-hmm. he said to the camera, I don't think Tad is a malicious person. And I agree with him. Tad seems like a genuinely nice person, a good-hearted person, a good-intentioned person. Different but, from other people we've seen like in Oh, absolutely. Where they were no, just nasty and mean. And no, this guy seemed nasty. like a good yeah. guy. I think he hadn't realized how tough he was being on his staff. 
right. how, how much of a micromanager he was being. And I think how... he knew it. He just didn't know the impact, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. He didn't mind because he thought that that was the path toward. And I, I'm sure he thought that that's what they needed, right. even though some of those people had been with him for years. I think they know how to set up their station. Right. Now, and I get it. Like, so he was, and I think Marcus's point was that he was so, this guy was so afraid. He was so worried of, and he even mentioned, he said, I had this uh, health challenge. I had a blood clot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, perhaps I, I don't remember the, the conversation exactly. Perhaps he thought he was, his life was at risk. And then he came back and it's like, you know, I, I don't want to be in a position where I lose everything. Mm-hmm. And so he was so afraid of losing everything that he was micromanaging and staying in this stressed out, mm-hmm. intense state and transferring that to the employees. And you could see that stress. You could feel his stress. Right. Yeah, which Where, I think was unnecessary if he learned to delegate. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Marcus said. It said, like, when you went in to watch, and the episode started where they went into, he went into a real estate company where they were doing a, these guys had hired the company, Honest Company, to come in and do the uh, catering for it. And Marcus jumped in. He thought it would be a great idea to watch them in action. And uh, after that, they went over to the restaurant. But when they were preparing for the next gig, uh, they started to... Uh, Marcus got behind the scenes to see how the preparation went, and he said it was like there was a, a flip, a switch that was flipped, mm. and Tad, uh, you know, switched into uh, Gestapo mode and started yelling at everybody. He even yelled at the at the tub of water. He's right. like, boil! boil! <laughs> <You know? laughs> Although I do that sometimes. I know. I was. I yeah, do that sometimes. Like, yeah. come on, I'm in a rush. Hurry up, water boil. Totally. Like, so, <laughs> no, is is that how you yell when you yell? Hurry up, water boil. No, is that it? No. Come on, is no, there more? I, get, I can get nasty. Can you really? <laughs> With the, if I ask the water, the water would say... The water, the water, the water, the water might yeah. not want to come over here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, no, but me too. Like, you yell at inanimate mm-hmm. objects thinking that they're going to respond in some way. But uh, That's when we're off our Twitter yeah, meds. Yeah, exactly. At least we're not on TV when that happens. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, poor guy, uh, Tab was on TV. Yeah, uh, so. Do you think... Okay, so fast-forwarding a little bit. Yes. Um, Marcus... Pointed that out, pointed out to Tad that you need to be a little more uh, receptive to your staff and their ability to do their jobs. He did. I think when he first mentioned it, it went in one ear and out the other for Tad. Do you? And, yeah. and it usually does, by the way, because right. people don't take feedback on typically yeah. and I, embrace I, it. And... I, I don't think he understood it. Right. Where I think he did understand was when Tad had a bit of a confrontation right. with Marcus right. later in the show. Um and Tad basically is tired. He's been up all night. We'll get to why. Um, but he's tired. He's frustrated. You can tell us why. Mark, Marcus, points, Marcus points out a few things. So they decide to go into the food truck business, yeah. which we've kind of flipped over. But we'll get back to that. That's all right. He finds a food truck in Minnesota, Minneapolis, uh, somewhere with an somewhere M. Somewhere far. Yeah. Drives it all the way back, $50,000 for this food truck. Marcus mm-hmm. is excited uh, until they take it to the service station to make sure it's on point. Right. And they find out that there's anywhere from five to six to seven thousand dollars worth of maintenance that needs to be done on this food truck because Tad had not taken it for an inspection before buying it. Right, which may sound small to some people. They go fifty grand, and you're complaining about six or seven, but everything adds up. It and, adds up, yeah. you know. And why add an extra ten percent cost to right. something that you thought was done? Right. So Marcus sort of reams into him a little bit. Um, understandable on Marcus's point, uh, right. you know, his side. Uh, but you saw Tad get very, very defensive. And why are you picking on me? I know how to do my job. What are you doing? And I think Marcus said to him at one point, now you know how your staff feels. Right. And that's when I saw the light bulb go off in Tad's head. Yeah. And like, wow, okay, I get it. 
people are trying hard and the last thing they need is to be reprimanded on top of it. See, I think that's, uh, you know, I'll go into seminar mode here for a second, but for mm -hmm. me, there's two pillars to the comprehension of anything. There's mm -hmm. the pillar of intellect and the pillar of experience. Mm -hmm. And you can intellectualize things till the end of your days, you know, but we don't really get something until we've experienced it. And so with Marcus taking that, and he, he told him, he said, your employees think that you're uh, micromanaging, it's not working, you're being negative, you're there, you're... Uh, contagious in this negative state that you have, he, but he didn't really get it until mm -hmm. he was able to experience it. He was able to flip the, the tables on him and give him the experience of what his employees felt like. And it's very hard to be motivated when somebody's beating the crap out of you. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I, this was a it was a good learning experience for him, yes. and we saw an immediate change. So I like you had said before. He wasn't a malicious guy. He he just he. I think he was unaware. Know. Right, he was unaware. Yeah, yeah. He didn't know. What did you think of the whole food trucks um, deviation Brilliant idea? Ah, so this is and uh, the, so I you're, think, ta you're saying taking a classic catering company, right, and opening opening it up to another branch of business was much more brilliant than going over to the corporate world. Right. Because if he went to the corporate world, I'm convinced that the marketing for corporate would have been entirely different than the marketing for the film industry. Mm -hmm. But by deviating into food trucks, they still get to keep their core competence, which is incredible food, mm -hmm. uh, and now add to that, augment that with the presentation, augment that with the service that becomes kind of their trademark thing. And uh, buy these food trucks, and the food trucks are so brilliant because the cost of acquisition is so low. Mm -hmm. And then, essentially, you just get to sit and, and you know sell yeah. off the street forever and ever and ever and ever. Right. And we saw Marcus work out the margins, and they seventy percent margin at a minimum with two trucks. Right. They were gonna what they were gonna do with two trucks, seventy percent margin. They would do. Sorry, I put the two trucks yeah. emphasis sure. too soon. I thought that oh. uh, yeah, two been, trucks. Well, no, it should have been. Two trucks, and we said the amount of money that they uh, were going to make, uh -huh. but seventy percent margin is sure, huge. Sure, and, I mean it, the seventy percent margin actually says everything to me because it doesn't matter really what your numbers are. If you're making seventy percent, you're doing well, you know right? That's everything. better than eight. You know everything. That's better than eight. But let's that do share good. the numbers right. since we okay, have them. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'm going to show the numbers anyway. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the numbers. So he said that they could do. He projected one hundred eighty-six thousand in net revenue. Uh, for the two trucks, correct? Okay. Mm -hmm. I believe it was for the two trucks, which would be double the net that uh, that Tad had done the year before with his entire operation. So mm -hmm. we're talking about with 12 employees and all of that. And you imagine a food truck, what do you need? You get two employees or you work in shifts or something right. like that. It's very minimal in terms of the, the needs for that, very minimal in terms of the infrastructure for that, yet the profit margin is twice as much. Mm -hmm. And so it really makes you think, well, why the hell even have a catering business? But... And I was going to say that. Why yeah. not just go out and buy 10 food trucks? Well, I think, I think there's, there's strategic advantages to mm -hmm. having certain things uh, that are in your well, portfolio that aren't mm -hmm. necessarily the most profitable aspects of mm -hmm. the portfolio. But again, this is great because you buy, let's say, again, rough numbers, one food truck about $50,000, right. and it could turn over about $300,000 a year. Yep. And, you know, do that twice. Well, that, now you've got a profit of 600000 Right. Do that a third truck and a fourth truck, and you, and, you keep, know yeah. you've got a couple of trucks it's, on the road, and you've got a million dollar business. It's very scalable. Sure. It doesn't take, I mean, it doesn't take, and you know, a genius rocket scientist uh, IQ to run a food truck. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes uh, people skills, obviously, and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And but it doesn't, you know, you don't need 
Uh, you don't need to school somebody and send them to college sure. for multiple degrees and their doctorate to do it well. And going back to your point, I guess keeping the larger catering company is a good thing because they've got the big kitchens where they can prep the food, yeah. they can store the food, they can move the food. I think sometimes people don't recognize the value that goes beyond the net return on certain investments and the strategic value of how it plays out if you have multiple mm -hmm. investments in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And they'll look to close down something simply because it has the lowest net right. profit or no, net return, but they didn't realize the synergistic effect it had with the other the aspects of, of the it. portfolio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right here, and I just say that, I'm talking about as if I've been around the block, but in my own business, it worked that way. Okay. Where I had my business partner was a numbers guy, and he was just like, well, that's that's not making money. Let's cut that out. Not realizing that, wait a second, there's a halo effect from that that uh, sure. you know induces or... Uh, <clears throat> Impacts. Say, impacts sure. and, and puts juice into the rest of what's happening. Yeah. Uh, that, that, so it, it becomes necessary. Now, the food, two food trucks, <clears throat> what'd you think of the grilled cheese truck? I love them. What a great idea. I thought it was a fantastic idea. Yeah. That was like, so I missed that because so I kind of tuned out different. for a second. Yeah. And then I came back because I know he tasked them with what? Did you hear what the task he was? He said, exactly? yeah, he yeah. said to them, he said, let's get creative. You guys meaning the team of 12, think of a theme. Think of themes for these trucks. And you know, if you go out to food trucks, you see the guy that's selling the burritos, and then you're getting the Mediterranean food truck, the pizza food the truck. Shish kebab. And so he said, okay, let's think of something that's going to be unique and cool, that's going to differentiate us. And they came up with a grilled cheese food truck. I don't even like grilled cheese that much, and I thought it was genius. genius. I don't like, I, I, you know, I have to avoid things like that, but... I would totally go there and eat it. Right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and the truck looked so cool. Yeah. The graphics were amazing. Yes. Who doesn't like grilled cheese? I mean, um, again, I don't like grilled cheese, and I would probably go to that truck. Totally. And yes, it did look really, really cool. Yes. I mean, it just It looked like... It looked like you wanted to eat the truck. Yeah, it was great. The graphics. Yeah, like Whoever did the graphics on that show, congratulations to yeah. you because really nice job. Mm. And they uh, and then they did the other one that was the snow cone truck. Now mm. I wonder. That one was a little odd to me. Yeah, I like it. I just wonder: are they going to sell as many How snow much cones? How money are you going to make on really... snow cones? Yeah. I have that same thought. Food is different from, there's kind of the need to have and the like to have, and I think the... Although, again, if you're talking colored ice, how much does right. colored ice cost you if you turn around oh. and sell a cone for four fifty? There is the you brilliance know? of Katerina Kazai. There you go. Again. Yes. You know, big picture. <laughs> no, but again, looking at the profit margin, right? Absolutely. absolutely. What is your spread? I heard what you, are you, you putting into your pocket? You don't have to go on and on. I we already got the brilliance. Here. You don't have to emphasize it. I'm and, so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> So when it but, comes to eating out and eating at things like food trucks, yeah. like anyone could go home and make a grilled cheese. Uh, you know, like, that's the thing. Is like, is that how you think about it? That's like, what I think about when I pass a food truck and it sells grilled cheese, unless mm. it's like grilled cheese bun on a delicious burger. Or but it's what, like we have mm. crazy dipping sauces for mm. your grilled cheese or, like, different variations of it. But, like... Like if it was like buy a grilled cheese or buy a snow cone, well, I can't go home and make a snow cone. Oh, but what about like if you were points. walking down the street in Chicago and you were hungry and you saw a hot dog place and you saw the grilled cheese place, which one would you go to? I would never eat a street meat hot dog. Okay. <laughs> That's the voice by of default. God, by the way. The voice of God. Thank so you, So now God. you know God would never eat a street meat hot but dog. But you do have a point, though. No, no. Yeah. There, there's, that's, that was a good point. Yeah. It, it, you got a point. So it's a, you're saying, essentially what you're saying is that it's a, uh, 
It's an unusual. No, but it's a novelty. A novelty right. buy. And, and yeah. you know what? Exactly. So it's something to grasp you. Like, right. if you're like, Grill em All is like a famous food truck, and like they're known for making ridiculous burgers like that have grilled cheese for buns. Mm. Oh, and, wow. like, they, they can have like a, a three car fleet because they've built their name and now they put out tweets like, hey, we're on this corner and people will line up to get their burger. Hmm. Huh. But like, that's what like makes it a little bit more that's what they're known for people are like oh dude you have to have the burger with grilled cheese buns but if you're like oh we sell grilled cheeses well like that actually sounds really good right well we use all organic cheeses or like we have they they had some cool designs but i hear you like if you're like the hipster food truck that sells like you know organic and you know vegan stuff yeah, yeah right grilled cheese kind of things then i could see like there's your market and that's what you're going for right you're parking in like the hip area of whatever beach town right you're getting a line of those kind of people but if like yeah if i'm walking down the street in chicago and i see grilled cheese truck and then i see like a famous known restaurant is like i'm gonna go eat at the mm. restaurant because it costs as much as it does to eat at the grilled cheese truck and the worst thing about eating at food trucks is there's never anywhere to sit i know <laughs> i'm not you a fan a of food you trucks personally yeah no i'm not but you know what they, they, they because this restaurant is kind of they've got a good reputation in the area the honest food company in terms of a catering company it may be the but same prestige that, value that you were talking about yeah, no I think no they do. to his point though there was no marketing of honest company on the food trucks that I saw. So True. if you were walking down the street, True. you saw the so you cone. saw no branding. I saw no was, branding that yeah. was going to make it evident to me, but but perhaps well, you know we, we should contact it. We'll reach out to them and find out. And if we anybody knows and if you're watching Honest Food Company, let us know how your trucks mm-hmm. are doing. We'd love to know We'd uh, love to know. Yeah, how the how yeah. it's happening from a financial perspective. Cuz mm-hmm. that is that is interesting that they did choose to go with something that was a non-essential food item and you know But but it's funny cuz cuz I hadn't thought about it until he pointed it out. I right. had the, the exact same experience today at lunch. Did you? So I ended up at a cute little French restaurant today at lunch. Right. And I they've got this amazing French restaurant, but anyway, it was Caesar salad with anchovies that I love there. And then I thought, I can make a Caesar salad at home. So I went and got the escargot because I can't course, make escargot at home. But the point oui, is oui. that I had that exact same thought. So good on you. You want to have something that's something that I can't just make at home, right? That I can't just go buy some romaine lettuce. You got so, a point. You got a point. Mm, we're going to see. We're going to find that out. Home. We need to follow up with that because <laughs> it would be interesting to find out if they find that one of those uh, trucks is less profitable than the other, and then you got to replace it or just replace the style. Which you know. You know what? I'd love to. I'll try and actually, just out of curiosity, I'll try and reach out to the Honest Company. Would you? Um, I will. Okay. Uh, and I want to find out. Honestly, I will. Let's see if and, we can get uh, on the show. We were no. supposed. You know, we were supposed to have tonight. We were supposed oh, to have. Yes. Uh, Kevin uh, from the what was the episode that Kevin was in? Um, the soup um, was it the soup no no um soup market wasn't it yes, yes. it was the soup market. soup market yeah so kevin was supposed to come on here with the stephanie but i know they were checking the legals to make sure that there wasn't things that they couldn't talk about so i hadn't heard back uh, oh, from him funny. before the show so we didn't have him on tonight too but, bad uh we'll look to do that well, i want to get but more i want to i want to find out um yeah. i want what i, what I want to call the honest company about is to find out as of right now year to date which of the two food trucks is making the bigger profit margin. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the snow cone truck or the grilled cheese truck. Yeah, okay. Just out of curiosity. The, so we can settle the debate once and for right. all. Right, and we'll come back to you with that information and next maybe week. maybe God will eat a meaty hot dog at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> just kidding. All right, so we have the food trucks, which I think is brilliant. You think is brilliant. And I thought, and yeah, and I thought scalable. The, and I thought the staff, all of the staff, seemed so fabulous on that show. Right. They really seemed like they were there with heart to try to make it a better, better company. Yeah, they turned they turned things around, and and it was interesting to see that they were at that point. How about the discussion? Let's talk about mm. that discussion where he comes into the staff, kind of a staff meeting. See, yeah, he can see. He mean he being Tad. Uh, well, I was talking about Marcus. Oh, I'm so sorry. Marcus comes in, and he and he, it's when they first present the food truck to the team oh, mm. and the team was having this so they decided that they're going to go into food trucks marcus said let's check this out tab was a little uh, he had some reservations and marcus said let's just go and look at these food trucks they started having conversations uh with the people with the food trucks which is a good first step asking them about the amount of money that they make and how they're doing how much it costs them to get into the business uh, and they did the numbers pretty quickly. Marcus knows the food truck business. It's not the first time that he's looked at food trucks. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's yeah. like three steps ahead on this. Um, but when they go, so they go out, they talk about the food trucks. They decide they want to buy them. Uh, they've got 300 grand in the bank now. So with 50,000, they buy the first food truck. Tad brings it in to show to the gang. He hadn't explained it to them. He hadn't told them anything about it which was part of the management uh, insufficiencies that we were experiencing. Lack of, in communication. Lack of communication. He pulls the food truck in. Marcus is there. And this is our last five minutes here. So we're going to uh, kind of make this the crescendo up to the climax of this episode. Um, but uh, Marcus is there. And there's this big, uh, what do you call it? A mutiny on Almost the team. Almost a mutiny. Right? Mutiny on the team. Uh, because for a couple of that. reasons. One... Nobody bothered to mention to the rest of the employees that, hey, guess what? We're changing tracks here and we're going into the food truck business. Correct. And number two, they were all kind of scratching their heads going, well, we haven't had a raise. We haven't seen a bonus. We haven't seen nothing. And now you've got money to buy food trucks? So there was a real disconnect in their minds. Their morale had tanked. Right. Yeah. And And they felt left out of the conversation. They felt not... Um, consulted. They. Uh, I think that know. was the biggest issue. Yeah, I with think that. they why? felt. Um, yeah, like why the heck are we here? Are we here just to push? You know, right? Push. And they, there were some that thought that they should be in the, moving more toward the film business. That's mm-hmm. where they did so well. And that's not a that's not a dumb thought. That I mean, it makes sense that if you're getting eighty percent of your revenue there, why not pursue more of it? Let's go get some more. Um, but the they until didn't, SAG goes on strike, right, right? Until SAG goes on strike or something. I, you know, I did. I really didn't personally think of it that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that Marcus brought in this other thing. But and who would have thought that it would would have been with food trucks? Uh, and they and they saw it as a departure from what they really did. Mm-hmm. And I think they were scared of it. They didn't know what that meant for them. Well, yeah, and it, I think I'm, you've nailed it. I'm so. Good I think you've nailed it. it. There's a brilliant again. What did it? What does this mean for us? Mm-hmm. Is exactly what was happening inside of each of yeah. them because it's like it sounds like more work. It sounds like we're not going to be able to do this. Already we're stressed out. Right. We're not happy. We're not paid well. Over, we overworked, don't enjoy this. undercompensated. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling us that you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to spend 50 grand on a truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're adding right. to our uh, headache. And yet when Marcus took the time together with Tad to explain the rationale behind it. And this is the turnaround. This is the part. This right. is the, we're going to end this episode yep. on this part. Yep. So yep. talk yep. about it. Talk about it. What what Marcus did here. That, right. So, was, so, yeah. so what Marcus did is he, he basically came in and infused a little bit of what was lacking, which was enthusiasm. There was no enthusiasm left for the business, let alone the spin-off businesses. And enthusiasm means uh, the root is uh, infused with godlike energy. Well, it, again, that yes, absolutely. Entheos, which is Entheos. in God. God, in Greek. I got this one. 
The Greek comes in whatever, handy once in a while. Whatever. All right. Yeah. But no, enthusiasm means exactly that. Right. Infused with spirit. Infused with godlike spirit. Right. right? So he, he gets them enthused. <laughs> but what he does is he, he says, hey, listen, this food truck is going to, this is going to help us to make the revenue steady. So he had to go back and he had to explain why they were doing what they're doing. Right. And, you know, and that makes sense. When people only have a little myopic piece of the picture, that's it's hard for them to really yeah. fully comprehend. So he said, this is so that we have the steady revenue. So they want the problems and we're going to hinge a bonus for everybody here based on the success of the food carts. Yeah, so, so that got them a little motivated. Yeah, and then they did ask bit. them to get involved in the theme of the food trucks, get involved in the schematics. And when you get people involved and they feel like they're contributing, most people want to help out. And they right? did. They were the ones that came up with the themes for, really the, nice uh, trucks. for the trucks. Yeah. And he also said that he was going to look at each of their salaries. At the end, they ended up bumping the salaries. Of the, mm-hmm. They promised to bump the salaries. And, 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 and what I liked about the way this show ended is... We talked about uh, the confrontation that Tad and Marcus had had a little earlier. Right. Tad, when the light bulb went on about how he may have been treating his employees and how he could be treating them differently, he went back to the drawing board, had a bit of a staff meeting, and said, hey, I apologize right. for perhaps having been too hard on you. I apologize for my bit in the confusion in all of this. And, and I thought that was very stand-up of him. He took responsibility. And it seemed very sincere. And it, it, he really had to do something that let them know that he got it and, he, and something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. What was really impressive beyond that was that he actually implemented the changes and started being a good coach and saying, hey, you know, that's fantastic, great. What ideas do you have? And drawing things out. And, and see, I would submit that more important than the bonus or the raise yeah. for them was the shift in the atmosphere uh, that was there of the morale. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. saw that. We saw that change yeah. when he started saying, "Hey, that's mm-hmm. that's it. Good job, Atta boy." When he started doing that, the whole spirit inside changed, and I think that made a greater impact than the money. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's not yeah. all about the profit. No, it's not. <laughs> Although <laughs> but, I love it when it is. Yes, it is. It's all about the profit. All right. With that, we're gonna uh, we're gonna say over and out good night. But uh, first. We have a couple of things to say. Uh, remember to download download the blah, 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 blah. Take my speaking course, too. No, download <laughs> the iTunes uh, podcast so you yeah. can get this. You can get it intravenously drip-fed to you. Sure. Uh, make sure to uh, put some stars on the video. We always like that. Put in any comments and start to interact with us here on the on these videos. We'd love to get your interaction. And we uh, one more time as we uh, say goodnight. Uh, Katerina right. Kazayas. Katerina Kazayas. You can tweet me at Katerina Kazayas or Kazayas Katerina. <laughs> Do tweet me though. She I'm solved, on my beds. She solved her I Twitter can interact problems. With you. I'd love yes, to, she's to on her chat meds. with you before next week. But I will be coming back to you with details on this show. Do it. Yes. And I'm Chris Howard. As always, that hasn't changed. You can reach me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. I look forward to that. And go to legendarylivingdaily.com too. And uh, with that, overnight, yeah. over and out. Have a good night. <laughs> nice. Ciao. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 